Yeah. I need to just keep standing real quick, real quick. I want to pray us into this message. So if you just lift your hands up in the air just like this, nobody's going to judge you for doing that, I promise. I want to pray for us. Father, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for the gift of worship in this kind of way. God, I thank you for this amazing worship team that has uh, willingly given up their time to see this as a privilege to lead us in worship. God, I pray that nothing tonight would return void to any of the ears in front of me, also my own. Lord, I'm, I'm so thankful, and I recognize that, that you are here. You were here way before we got here, and because you're here, the devil has no place here. And I pray that you would put off any distractions that we may be distracted by tonight. God, I pray that you'd speak very clearly through me, but also to me and to all the ears listening as well, this message that I believe you've, you've given me for a purpose. God, ultimately, I pray that tonight people would walk out of here, everyone would walk out of here being transformed, looking more like Jesus than we did when we came in. I pray that you would remind us all how much you really love us and remind us of the amazing plans that you have for each of us. It's in Jesus' name we give you all the honor, the praise, and glory. And everybody said, amen. Okay, before you sit down, I need you to go give five people a high five. Doesn't matter who they are. Doesn't matter where they are. Give five people a high five. If you don't give five, you're not allowed to sit down. Sorry. This is a lot less crazy than middle school. I like it. It's good. All right, well, guys, if we have not met before, my name is Bryce Oldman. Um, a lot of middle schoolers call me Spicy Brycey. You can totally call me that if you want. Um, and uh, I'm the middle school youth pastor here, and uh, so I'm, I'm usually speaking to people on Wednesday nights. And um, all those middle schoolers are crazy with energy, as I know that we all were when we were in middle school. But um, in reality, I love speaking to you guys because I think you guys are at a maturity level where the message that, I mean, close to my maturity level, I'm not much older than y'all, but um, like at, at a maturity level where we can be real with each other and we can kind of have a, a, a legit conversation about the Word of God. And, um, but I got to be honest, before I start, I woke up this morning and I was kind of disappointed in myself too, because I feel like everybody was focused on the Super Bowl and nobody remembered it was Groundhog Day. And I was like, oh my gosh, you got to be good. Did anybody watch the Groundhog thing? Did they have something on TV? Okay, you did? Okay, was it good? Did it make your day? Kind of. Did he see a shadow or no? Dang, okay. I don't even know what that means anymore because I'm not in middle school. Anyway, uh, so I was kind of disappointed. Uh, nobody really recognized that, but tonight's the Super Bowl. I'm excited for that. But the reality is there's going to be a lot of people in 30 minutes to an hour that are going to be worshiping a sport. They're going to be worshiping football like crazy, like crazy town. They're going to like run Bojangles crazy because they're not going to be able to make enough chicken for all the chicken people are going to buy, including myself. But in reality, when they're watching the game, they're going to be worshiping it. And I'm so thankful that, that we here tonight can kind of show God, hey, I'm here to worship you even though I'm watching a game. And so my, my hope and my prayer tonight is before we even get to that in, in, in the next couple minutes, whenever we leave and all go to our Super Bowl parties, what I really want to happen is us to be attentive to what God wants to say. That's, that's, that's including me. I really feel like God's given me this message to preach to myself just as much as anybody else. So we're in this series called Influencer. And so far, we've learned that not only do we have this influence, but God wants us to use our influence in a good way, in a Christ-like way, to bring other people closer to him. That's the goal of this influence we have. And if you're anything like me, when you think about influence, you probably think about these people that have these blue check marks next to their name on Instagram. We think about people who are famous, who have like millions of followers, because those are the people that can reach a lot of different people with one post or with like the snap of the fingers. They can reach millions of people. They can have influence on millions of people at once. I'll give you an example. Justin Bieber could post something right now. 
right now on Instagram and say, hey, I'm actually going to go back to Area 51 and we're actually going to do this thing, okay? Like, amidst all the hoax that took place, like, I'm actually going to go raid Area 51. Who wants to come with me? Okay? And I guarantee you there would be millions of people that would book millions of hotel rooms to go with him to Area 51 with the sole motivation of, I want to get a picture of Justin Bieber. I want to be close to Justin Bieber. I want to be close to someone that famous. And that's because he has this type of influence, that when we think about the word influence, we think about these types of people. But what we also have talked about in the series is that the people that are most influential to us in our daily lives are the ones who are close enough to really know us. The, that, that, that could be youth leaders. That could be small group leaders. That could be friends sitting to your left and right. That could be parents, siblings, whoever that is. The people close to us still have a, a, a greater amount of influence on us if, if, if we're going to be honest. And you see, these people have the ability to make a greater impact on us because of their proximity to us. And true influence goes hand in hand with being up close with the people around us. And the closer you are, the more influence you can have. But once God gives us influence, he's giving us a choice. Bryce, are you going to use your influence to do good things or are you going to use your influence to do negative things? And a lot of people, whether we like it or not, they get so much influence and they use it in a very poor way. But God is giving us influence right here, right now. And some of the people that I look at right now, especially the the ones in this room that I know, I know you have influence. But what God is asking you to make a choice in advance every single day when you wake up is when I go to school today, am I going to use my influence for good things? The things that come out of my mouth are going to be healthy, helpful to people, build people up, not tear people down. Or am I going to use influence to do negative things, what the world tells me will be good, but is actually bad? And that's the choice that God's giving us. And tonight, here's the challenge I want us to be thinking about. What if God actually wants to challenge us to still dream big, but live small at the same time? Dream big, live small. If you're taking notes and you want a title for this message, you can just put dream big, but live small. Because I have a feeling that everybody in this room, if you're anything like me, has some sort of dream. And I'll I'll give you an example from my own life. Part of the dream I have, the huge dream I have, is to see 5.7 billion with a B, people who don't know Jesus come to know Jesus. That's estimated how many people in this world have no relationship with Jesus. Some of them have never heard of them, but some of them, whether we like it or not, have heard of them and just said, no, 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 I don't want that. I don't want to follow you, Jesus. 5.7 billion with a B. Now, that dream is huge. Like, that's a lot of people. And Bryce Holdman cannot personally reach 5.7 billion people. But nonetheless, that's a dream that I have, to, to, to be used by God to see at least some of those people come to know Jesus. But the reality is, if I want to get anywhere near that dream, it has to start small. And like we're, we're, we're about to look at in the life of Jesus, Jesus had a very similar dream. I believe God still has that exact same dream to reach everybody, to let nobody perish, but so that everyone can have eternal life. But for some reason, Jesus chooses to start small, which we're going to look at. And if I want to be used by God to get anywhere near that huge dream I have, it has to start small. It has to start in Lexington. It has to start at Mount Horeb. It can't just be Bryce snaps his fingers and everybody gets saved. That's not how it works. And that's not even how Jesus chose to do it. So we can't let our future dreams affect our current discipleship opportunities. We cannot let our future dreams, Bryce's future dreams, affect his current discipleship opportunities. Every day I struggle with this. Maybe you do too. Thinking about, wow, there are so many people overseas in Europe and Asia, even in America somewhere else who don't know Jesus. Those are the people that I need to reach. And what I will miss if I focus too much on that are the people right here in our community who have no clue what a relationship with Jesus feels like, looks like. No clue. And I will miss those people because I'm too focused on where God might take me in the future. 
that I will miss where he has me right now. And tonight, what I want to do is show us a passage of Scripture that I believe God laid on my heart for this message. i got to be honest, I've never heard this message, like, or th- this passage of Scripture ever used in a sermon. And usually when I'm reading this part of the Bible, like, I just skip over these couple of verses, like, okay, this doesn't matter, let me get to the resurrection, like, in the gospel. So it's in Mark 6, you can turn to Mark 6 with me if you want. Mark 6, and the words are not going to be on the screen, I'm just going to read a few verses for us. We're going to read verses 6 through 14, I'll give you a second turn there. Mark 6. Verses 6 through 14. And here's what the Bible says. The writer says, Then Jesus went out around teaching from village to village, calling the twelve disciples to him. He began to send them out two by two, and he gave them authority over impure spirits. And these were his instructions. Hey, take nothing with you for the journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money. In your belts, wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. And whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you, will not listen to you, then leave that place, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they obeyed him. They went out. They preached that people should repent and believe in Jesus. They drove out many demons. They anointed many sick people with oil, and they even healed them. And then King Herod heard about all this because Jesus' name was being well known, had become well known in these places. Now, I believe this passage has a few different things to teach us about dreaming big but living small. Here's the first one. Please write this down. If you don't write anything else down this whole sermon, please write this down. You do not have to be verified to be valuable in the kingdom of God. You do not have to be verified. As in, have that check mark next to your name, have millions of followers. You don't have to be verified to be valuable in the kingdom of God. You see, Jesus was spending time going from village to village to village, teaching people the truth about God, and here's the truth. Jesus could have snapped his fingers, and this whole world would have been saved because he's God. He can do what he wants. He could have snapped his fingers, and this whole 5.7 plus billion people would have been saved, but for some reason, Jesus chooses to use 12 ordinary teenage dudes and these guys were not the famous people with blue check marks next to their name on Facebook and Instagram. They were simple nobodies who simply said, yes, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to do this thing with you. You see, Jesus knew that God wanted to include other people. That means us here today. Other people in his plan to reach the world. And the only thing that he required out of these 12 guys that he chose was that they be willing to just reach out. That's the only thing he required. Not that they have to be perfect. Not that they have to have it all together. Not that they have to have this huge following of thousands, millions of people. But just say, hey, I want to reach out. If there's someone around me that I know does not know Jesus, I'm willing to reach out and at least try to allow God to use me to reach them. That's all he required. And you see, Jesus had told them enough about this goal that he had to reach all these people, to get them on the same page so that they were chasing after the same thing, the same dream, and they were still able to have huge dreams to reach many lost people, but Jesus chose for some reason to start small. And I wonder... I wonder how many of us God is trying to use tonight, tomorrow, yesterday, the days prior. I wonder how many of us God's trying to use, but the reason we haven't said yes yet is because we don't have the belief in ourselves. I was in Charlotte yesterday at a church in Charlotte called Elevation. Stal mentioned that's where Mac Brock's from. And Stephen Furtick, the pastor, he's one of my favorite pastors. He was speaking about something similar, actually, to, to what we're speaking about tonight. And he said this one thing that I will probably never forget, and it's related to what I just said. That what if God has more belief in us than we have belief in God? What if God has more belief in us that we can actually be used by God than we have belief in not only God, but also in ourselves? That God has been wanting to use us in this master plan he has, but the reason we haven't said yes yet is because we don't think we're good enough to be used. Here's a very clear example from the Bible. Anybody heard of Moses before? 
Okay, yeah. So Moses is a great example. In Exodus 4, God calls Moses. He says, hey, Moses, you're going to lead my people, the Israelites. I need you to go talk to Pharaoh. You're going to tell him some things he doesn't want to hear, but I promise I'm going to use you. That's what he told Moses. And Moses goes, hold up, God, one second. Just to remind you, okay, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I can't say the things that you want me to say. I'm not popular enough. I'm not handsome enough. I'm just not good enough to be used by you. And all the time, over and over and over again, Moses is saying something that I feel like we say to ourselves all the time. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. And God, the whole time Moses is saying this, say, Moses, I don't need to know what you're not because I am. It doesn't matter what you're not when God is. And that's exactly what I believe God wants you to hear tonight. He said it to Moses, and I believe he wants us to hear it as well, that amidst all of our I'm nots, God says over and over and over and over again in the Bible that he can use people with I'm nots because he is saying about himself, I am. And I'm willing to use the broken people, the messed up people, the ones who don't have it all together to accomplish these big dreams that we all have, but it has to start small. When I started college a few years ago, I'm about to graduate in May, I'm very excited. When I started college, I didn't start at CIU where I am now. I went to Newberry College. Some of you guys may know that name. And I went on a soccer scholarship. I was super excited. And when I got there, I realized I was like one of 33 dudes on the team, but I was the only Christian. And I was like one of five Christians at the whole entire school. Like, it was, it was tough. And I did not expect that coming in. But nonetheless, throughout that semester, what I started to see was, what if God did not put me on this team to be some soccer star, but he put me on this team to just plant seeds? Just plant seeds over and over and over again. And what I saw God start to do was use someone who's messed up and broken like I am, was then, still am now. He was willing to use somebody like me to just plant seeds. And what didn't happen was these people did not just get down on their knees and say, oh my goodness, Jesus, I know I need you. As soon as Bryce started talking, I just know that I'm going to start following you. That, that is not what happened. And a lot of those guys have not come to Christ yet, but what they do have now is a seed that has been planted. Because at some point, Early on in college, I was willing to look at God and say, God, I'm broken. I'm messed up. I have these huge dreams. Maybe I'll get there. I know I can't get there on my own strength. I know you have to do it yourself. But nonetheless, amidst my brokenness, I'm willing to just say yes. I'm willing to be used by you. I'm, I'm willing to be a seed planter, sowing seeds inside of people that you have intentions to water and then eventually allow to sprout up into salvation. But it did not start in salvation. It had to start way back here with a seed that was sown. And to get to these big dreams that God has, that we have, it has to start with a seed for us to say, yes, Jesus, I want to be a seed planter. I want to be someone who sows seeds, who tells people about Jesus, whether they accept it on the spot or not. Sometimes that will happen, and sometimes you'll get rebuked. They'll turn the other way. They'll walk away. But nonetheless, what you've given them, what God's given them, is a seed. And maybe you're the only person in your inner circle of friends that can be a godly influence. And all this time, what you've been doing is you've been waiting on God to send someone else to do it. And it's time for us to realize that God's willing to use people who aren't verified because he knows, he says to us, you still have value to me even though you don't believe it, even though the people around you tell you that you don't have value. God is telling you it doesn't matter what you're not because I am and I'm willing to use you. So you don't have to be verified to be valuable in the kingdom of God. Here's the next thing that Jesus does. He gives us instructions in this passage we just read. And I think Jesus lays out for us exactly how living small, we talked about dreaming big, but how do we live small? And I, I really think Jesus lays this out for us. He says things to the, to the disciples like, hey, take nothing on this journey you're about to go on, except for a staff, 
Don't bring bread, no bag, no money. Wear these sandals, but don't bring these extra shirts and clothes. There are a lot of different reasons why Jesus could have said all this. But here's one reason that popped out to me that, that I really think was the reason, the, the key reason that Jesus said all this. Here we go. If people see you have nothing with you on the journey to su- sustain yourself, they will know there's a higher power inside of you sustaining you. If people can look at your life and see you living small but still having that joy that, that only God can bring you, they're going to see that there's, there's got to be something else giving him that joy, giving her that joy. There's got to be something else that, that is sustaining this person to still live this godly, fun, joyful life. Even though when I look at their life, they don't have these fancy things. They don't have material things giving them joy. There's something deeper. And in the disciples' case, I, I think Jesus called them to do this because he wanted them to experience this. So that other people can look at their lives and say, man, these disciples have nothing with them. But they keep talking about this Jesus guy. And every time they do, their face lights up. They get so excited because they know that he's the one sustaining them. God is sustaining me, so I don't need to try to sustain myself. I can live small. Now, this is an extreme example that Jesus gives, but it still teaches us to live simply. Because people are going to notice how we live our lives, especially when we start to have influence. People are going to start looking at your life, and they're going to hopefully see that you're living a little bit differently. At Newberry, when I was at Newberry, that's exactly what happened. I got invited to the bar every single night. I got in, in, invited and asked to do very negative things that I said no to every single time because I knew there were eyes on me because people saw from day one, this dude, Bryce, he's living differently. He's talking differently. He's spending his time differently. What is it that he has? I don't know if I want it, but God knows that he could use me in that s- just one semester to plant seeds inside people to show them that, hey, you don't have to live big. You can dream big, but God's calling me to live small. So that people can look at my life and see that it's actually God sustaining me. And if they still see that we have joy amidst simple living, without the fame, without the blue check mark, without having to be known by everybody, we will see the influence that we can have on them. And Jesus showed these 12 disciples how to live so that they then could go influence others in the same exact way. And then finally, the end of the passage, here's what Jesus says. They went out and they preached that people should repent that they should believe in Jesus. They, they, they drove out many demons. They anointed many sick people with oil, and they healed them. And then finally, King Herod heard about this because Jesus' name had become well known. You see, the, these ordinary dudes, ordinary teenage dudes that Jesus chose to use, he got them on the same page so that they were chasing after the same extraordinary dream that God has. And I feel like there are people in this room, some of which are already influencers, and then some of which want to be influencers. And the question I have tonight for all of us is, are we willing to choose to live small, still dream big, and watch God use us and exceed our expectations of how he will use us? Are you willing to live like your smallest decisions, actions, words matter most because they do? Are you willing to still dream big dreams even though you aren't there yet? Because here's the truth I I discovered this week. There is a difference between an influencer and someone who wants to be an influencer and just looks at influencers and wishes they were an influencer. And the difference that I saw, based on some of these people like Justin Bieber, for instance, who got their big break, who were kind of discovered and then their their whole career blew up. The reason that happened was because they could see their destination before they arrived. They could see in their future, here's where I'm going. And I do intend to get there, to put it in our terms, here's where I think God's taking me. And I do intend to get there, but here's what separates influencers and wannabes. 
Influencers do not just see the destination before they arrive. They don't just say, hey, this is where God's taking me. I'm ready to go. But what they do on top of that is they say, okay, God, if this is where you're taking me, I'm willing to take one step at a time and go there the way that you want me to get there. Because what I found in my own life, I can see any time I want really where I think God's taking me. I think in some ways God has revealed that to me. And I can look at that all day long, but if I start trying to do it myself, I will hit wall after wall after wall. I will get distracted, and I will want to turn back and not do it anymore. And the next day when I wake up, I'll try it again and try it again and try it again, and I'll keep failing over and over and over again. And all the while, God finally got my attention. He said, hey, I'm showing you where I can take you, but the only way you're actually going to get there is if you let me take you there. If you, if you allow yourself to say, yes, God, I want to be used by you, and I want to walk this road with you because I know you've gone before me to pave the way for me, and that, that's how I'm going to get there. I can dream these big dreams. I can even start living small, but if I don't trust the process that God's wanting to use to get me to where he wants me, then I will fail miserably every single time, and I will sit on the sideline watching other people be influencers. And the truth is there are too many people in the high schools that you go to, the high school that I went to, the colleges that you will go to, there are too many people who are excited to be an influencer and then try to walk that road themselves and then fail miserably and they sit on the sideline where it's comfortable watching someone else influence the people that God could have used them to influence. And if you don't know it yet, I'm just going to tell you in advance, what I've seen in, the, in, in my short time on this earth it is, is, is the more people that God can use to influence, the more people he will reach through that influence. That if there's 5.7 billion with a B people that do not know Jesus, one person is going to have a very difficult time reaching that many people in their lifetime. But what if God started to stir a bunch of hearts together? To say, hey, we can all be influencers because we are chasing after the same exact goal. We are chasing after the same big dream that God's put in our hearts. It may look different for each of us, but we know where we're headed. We see the destination before we arrive. And most importantly, we are willing to trust the process that God wants to use to get us there. You see, Jesus was willing to trust the process. He was willing to use ordinary people, even though he could have accomplished his task himself and the 12 disciples were willing to trust God's process by saying, yes, God, I want to be used by you. I can see where you want to take me. And even though I don't have all the details, I want to walk this road with you. And if you're willing to say, yes, God, I want this. This is what I want for my life. I know this is what you want for my life. I'm willing to live like you tell me to live, dream like you tell me to dream then God will do the same thing that he's done for me. He's going to use you in crazy and amazing ways. I truly believe that. I'm not just saying that because I feel like I have to. I truly believe that. And he's going to constantly exceed your own expectations of where you think you could go. And he's going to use you to be an influencer in this world way beyond anything you could have imagined. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for... Um, the truth that's in the Bible that, that we have the privilege to read anytime, anywhere. God, thank you that you're close to us. That you tell us in your word that, that if we will humble ourselves and accept your son Jesus, the Holy Spirit will come and live inside of us. That's how close you are to us, God. God, I thank you that, that you were able to look at me in my brokenness and you were able to see the beauty that that you were going to make out of my brokenness, out of my life, way before I could see it myself. And Lord, I'm, I'm thankful that I'm not the only one that, that you do that for. I'm thankful that, 
that amidst every single time I tell you I'm not this, I'm not that, that you are reminding me that in your word you tell so many people and you tell us here today it doesn't matter what you're not because I am. I pray that you'd remind us of that tonight. God, I pray that you would show us exactly who you're trying to use us to influence, where you're trying to use us to influence, and how you're trying to use us to influence the people around us. I pray that this message would not just be something that we hear and then leave in this room as, as we exit, but there would be something that, that we hear, we receive, and we take with us going forward knowing that you are trying desperately to use us and all you're requiring of us is for us to get out of the way, say yes to you, and start reaching out to the people you want us to reach out to. God, I pray that you would never let us get to the point where, where we stop dreaming big. I pray you challenge us to live small. And most importantly, God, I pray that you would show us exactly how to trust you in the process, knowing that your ways are higher than our ways, your thoughts are better than our thoughts, and your path is the best possible path that we could be walking. Lord, we love you so much. We give you all the honor, the praise, and glory as we worship now. And everybody said, amen.